you're listening to episode nine of season five of Partnerships and Possibilities, a podcast on leadership. In this episode, work with us. Hi, I'm Sharon. And I'm Diana. And we're going to be talking about leadership in organizations. Leadership in organization happens at all levels and takes many forms. Sharon, we in the last couple of seasons, we've uh, made a point of talking about the the interesting conundrums that uh, face women in leadership roles and women as leaders and women in the working world and and there are certainly other <laughs> other dilemmas that women fo- face outside the working world but we that's where we're mostly focusing and particularly around leadership and i know that there have been a couple of new books and studies that have come yep. out and yep. Um, I'd like to hear your take on what looks interesting that's out there and what we should be paying attention to. Sure, great. Okay, well, um, one of the new things that's come out is a book where Barbara Annis um, has collaborated with John Gray. And um, Barbara Annis, uh, we talked about earlier in, I don't know, season one probably, because Mm -hmm. she um, had done some work with um, another author and together they had coined the term gender intelligence. And Mm -hmm. so that's been around now for a couple of years. Uh, And in this book uh, that's called Work With Me, she and John Gray are trying to pinpoint some of the typical blind spots that that or or you know kind of points of friction where mm-hmm. men and women see the same situation and 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 misread it yeah. um because they read it through their own gender's eyes perhaps and mm-hmm. and then that causes issues between them so um, so wait a minute yes when you say the name john gray yes I yes it's the same john about, gray you know men are from mars women are from venus and those kinds of really gross generalizations about women are this way and men are that way. Right. Uh, are they, in, in this book, are they allowing for some variation or is it still kind of going down that path? Yes and no. Okay. Um, I, um, uh, I was not blown away by this book. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it was not like... A, the gender intelligence book, which I thought really was useful. I think this is a much more glib approach. Mm-hmm. And although they're they're trying to say, well, not all men and not all women do X, Y, or Z, they're still what, generalizing. They're still generalizing, I yeah. think, way too much. Um, so um, so the, there'll be a sentence like, you know, one of the gender blind spots has to do with uh, a raising a, a question, uh, do, do women really want men to change? And um, they'll, they'll list certain facts about that, and then they'll kind of summarize it by saying, when women say they want men to change, they're really asking men to remove the obstacles to their success and to value their contributions. Really, really? hello i mean so 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 their idea about wanting men to change is 
not necessarily how they want, how, let's see, how can I even say this? Women don't necessarily want men to change the way men do things, except in as much as it blocks women from doing the things they want to do. Is that the gist of that? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and I guess that would be maybe a human reaction to what any other human does, right? Please get out of my way. I would like to accomplish the thing I want to accomplish. Correct. And I'd like to do that in a way that, you know, it right. helps as many of us as possible, but yeah. Okay. Um, th- then they'll, they'll talk about um, issues like, you know, are, are women really being excluded? Um, mm-hmm. You know, the old uh, informal networks and, right. you well, know, yeah. boys club, golfing. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. And, and their, their um, um, analysis of that is that men don't even realize, and it isn't a conscious thing necessarily yeah. that they're excluding women, but by by focusing on socializing in ways that tend to be ways that men enjoy, the the, the fact is then that they do exclude right. women. Um, and men who don't enjoy the things that, air quotes, men enjoy. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. my husband hated going to the United Airlines golf tournament every year, but that's what the right. big guys did, and he would go, and he would consistently get the trophy as the worst golfer yeah. ever, right. because he hated it. Um, yes. How dumb. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, the, the, uh, to bring it kind of to locally where we live, I am, um, and, it, you know, sorry if you're listening, Skip, but what I notice about the local technology association of Oregon is they have a number of events that are whiskey and cigar smoking events or uh, uh, golfing events or you know and certainly there are women who love to golf there's no question about that but there are a lot of events kind of like that let's all go to the blazers together and in a box or whatever and that are stereotypically male. And again, I'm sure there are some women who really may enjoy those events. I don't particularly enjoy them. And I don't really see a the TAO yeah. uh, uh, you know, yeah, right. offering, um, let's get together and knit and talk about our business dilemmas. <laughs> You know, which would be a perfectly viable event as well, right? Or let's get together and, you know, do something that is more stereotypically female Mm -hmm. that might attract. I mean, I don't. We're both old enough. We're both old enough to remember the 70s where Rosie Greer, the big enormous football player, was famous for his knitting. (laughs) Yeah, he used to knit on airplanes. That's right, yeah. So, you know, again, wouldn't necessarily exclude men, but we'd be a more stereotypically female event. So, knowing... um, So, and I think the people at the Technology Association of Oregon by and large, have their hearts and minds in the right place, I think it's a blind spot. Mm-hmm. Or it may not be a blind spot, but it, they haven't figured out a way to um, 
you know, get past it or, right. or how, how else, what other kind of programming they might offer or whatever. And so I think it really is those kinds of things haven't gone away, even in kind of relatively progressive industries right. like, like technology and IT. Yeah. Right. So, Let alone, you know, railroads or something. Yeah. Right. So, so, I mean, you know, this book is pointing out that, that there is a discrepancy yeah. between how it really is and what, let's say, most enlightened men's intentions are. And I, I don't really see them offering solutions right. that are um, so another example they talked about a potential friction point is um, when a woman um, goes to a man and and um, uh, is describing a problem that he may jump in with advice and how often women don't really they really their intention wasn't to get advice. They just wanted to have a chance to talk something through. In my experience, and, they may have already tried all those things. They may have, but but yeah. I mean, it goes yeah. on talking about you know how this could be a dilemma, blah de blah. Right. I'm like, dude. I mean, really? Well, yeah. I mean, why why go on and on about this if if you know that you don't want advice? And you know that a man has a tendency, and any particular man that you know, to, to do that as opposed to being a great listener in the way we women would love great listeners. Before you lay out your dilemma, you could say, please don't give me advice. I'm really just, I need a sounding board, or you know, maybe asking me some questions would be helpful, but do not go down that road of giving me advice. Give them a little help. Right. I mean, you don't have to write a book chapter about this, in my right. view. Uh, it just... So, so, so this, I was not impressed with Yeah, this so book. the book is mostly highlighting the problems and not really offering solutions or, or effective techniques for dealing with some of these things. In my view, yeah. Yeah, okay. Right. Okay. Right. And um, there was another... Um, there was another piece that I saw recently that I thought was interesting which kind of speaks to some of the same stuff. Uh, McKinsey just did a global survey about how people view where we are these days with gender diversity. And again, they tried to quantify, you know, what's, what's women's views of that and what's men's views of that. And, you know, is there a discrepancy? And <gasps> shocking, shocking, <laughs> you know, yes. Women see that we're not perhaps as far along as you know, in, in, as men do. Um, but I think the point of this study in many ways was to try to put to rest the idea that women are not ambitious and that they are not really looking at C-suite positions. I mean, this makes it very clear that um, actually the women that are sort of at that level just below, um, in comparison with the men that are just at that level, the women are actually somewhat more ambitious right. um, than the men, and they see more institutional barriers to getting where they right. want to go. Um, so they, they, they perceive that, yes, it's going to be harder. Right. Greater number of workarounds to manage. Exactly. And trade-offs to make. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when you look at where we were, mm -hmm. 
I mean, the, I think the progress is considerable. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, yes, would I like it to be perfect? Of course. But I'm not sure we're ever going to get there. Right. You know? Well, or maybe we will, but not in our lifetimes. <laughs> no, not, uh, not, yeah. Until, yeah. not until as a society we, we, we really solve the problems of childbirth, child rearing, yeah. and child responsibility. I mean, in, until we solve those at a societal level, um, I think there are going to still be issues for women. And yeah. yes, there are still going to be men who don't see that they could actually pick up a dish, but they're getting to be less and less. Right. Right. I certainly see that. Yeah. Yeah. In, in my circle. Yeah. And more engaged in that way in, in both, in both in their children and in their, you know, their, um, desire to, to help make a house a home. Yeah, in all the different ways that you can do that. Yeah, and um, and I I am I'm particularly heartened when I see couples or partners who have have worked out some unique solution that works for them. And I think that that's you know that, that that's what I would like to see. It's like um, you know. How can you put this together in a way that really works for your particular situation, your, you know, where you live, what your jobs are, all those kinds of things? I mean, you know, there's so much variation now. It's sure. not just that everybody sure. gets up in the morning and goes to work at, leaves at 8 and comes home at 5.30 and, right. you know, I mean, right. there's so much. You, you know, can work coastal and, right. and, you know, people working in completely different cities. I mean, there's... Right. Different time, different shifts. I mean, all that. Right. So, yeah. Well, there was also an interesting piece in the uh, Oregonian uh, recently that I um, it, it was a was kind of stopped me in, uh, in my tracks because the headline was masculine roles seem to be more entrenched. And this was some um, research done by folks at the University of Illinois. Um, in uh, Chicago, and they um, they were looking at particularly the role of men who, for instance, choose to stay home and 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 be mm-hmm. the house husband, and they were reporting that some of those men say that they receive death threats. That from whom? <laughs> from. From other men. From other men. Okay. From from people, their peers, people mm-hmm. who they thought were, you know, friends or men of their own age who are so threatened by that notion that, I, and I found that astonishing. I don't, yeah. I don't remember how widespread they reported that as being, but yeah. that that would happen to anybody right. in this day and age is shocking. Yeah. Yeah, when did the movie Mr. Mom come out? That was a long time ago. I don't In the know. 80s, I never, I'm I never sure. saw that one. <laughs> Mr. Mom. Mr. Mom, yeah. No, I missed it. It's a very funny comedy. Oh. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that's, so what else in that, in that particular 
study, um, what other findings were were interesting about well, the mass? How you know? What did they talk about masculine roles, um, male and female roles at work? Masculine and feminine well, roles let at me work. See. I or was it mostly um, mostly focused on that those home based roles? Uh, well, I, the majority was certainly focused on home based. Okay, um, and. Um, they also went on to to describe some situations where um, the couples that have done that have found that they've been dropped from their circle of friends yeah. um, or couples where they are deemed as too liberal for letting their, let's say, boy child play with dolls if that's what he wants to do, that their yeah. friends shun them. Um, even that seems kind of bizarre to me. Maybe it's because they're in Illinois and not Oregon. No, no, no. Actually, that that was a couple. The the couple that they highlighted in yeah. in this article actually lived in California, huh. in Southern California. Well, yeah, there are places and places. And they they yeah. went on to say that like if girls call themselves tomboys, it's with a sense of pride. But if boys yeah. make fun of other boys, uh, but boys make fun of other boys if they step just a little outside the rigid yeah. masculine stereotype. Well, you know, you're too girly is is still pejorative. Yeah, that is not a compliment. Right, right. But being a tomboy is okay. Kind so, of. So, so up to a point. Yeah. Yes, but again, that's saying yeah. that. The male role yeah. is a more favored role as a society. Yeah. Um, so if a girl wants to enact male roles, well, that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Which actually tracks, if you think back to that article that Deborah Tannen wrote right. about marked and unmarked behavior. Yeah, yeah. That was a very interesting article. I was thinking article. about that, too. I, I was also thinking about... Um, an interaction that I had probably 20 years ago with um, at an event that you and I had both attended where we were talking about um, diversity and different aspects of diversity. And some people were focused on cultural diversity or uh you know other kinds of things and and this was mostly at work was the was the topic and i was in a group that was focusing on to some extent on gender diversity and on and on culture diversity it was a kind of a blend and at the time um i was really beginning to explore that thinking and and i said you know it was hard for me to have conversations about cultural diversity because it was hard for me to see my own culture. This is before I had done much international traveling or, you know, I have a greater awareness now. And I said, you know, what are some of the markers of largely white American business culture, right? And the person who was leading the group, David Wagner... Oh, yeah, 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 David Wagner. Right. was saying that it, their research had shown that in many groups, like a group of people sitting around a table at a meeting, that what they noticed was that the women in the group 
would spend as much or more energy on ensuring that particular men that they were aligned with had the opportunity to speak more than they themselves had the opportunity mm-hmm, to speak. Mm-hmm. And that was shocking to me. So I began to watch for it. Mm-hmm. And see it when I was doing it, mm-hmm. and see it, you know, when other people were doing it, and stopping myself before well, I did it, sure, you know? it's that <laughs> because kind of caretaking. That, and, yeah, um, but mm-hmm. noticing, you know, it gave me the opportunity to sort of notice which men am I doing this for, and which ones am I not, and why am I making that choice, or which ones do I have the impulse to do this for? Because I did very much stop myself in that behavior because I was made aware of it. Mm-hmm. And and I I felt that it would be a good behavior to shift. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that, you know, I, I just, you wonder, I wonder how many more of those kinds of things are out there. And, and I noticed more and more For a while, there were a lot of blog posts and articles and things about how terrible, you know, the sort of programmer culture and how terrible um, the software and IT world is toward women and particularly um, unfortunate incidents that would, I mean, which is a gross understatement, um, that would happen at conferences or would happen, it, you know, in commentary on some on a, a woman's blog post or those kinds. I mean, there's a lot of those instances out there. And so for a long time, there were also men who were saying, yeah, this is terrible. I, you know, we should stop doing this, right? But no real path, no real action to take. And in the last year or two, I have begun to see men step forward writing blog posts or speaking up and saying, you know, here's how I do it. I take, you know, when I see this inequity happening, here's how I'm responding to that. Here's how I'm trying to shift that behavior. Mm -hmm. Here's how I'm trying to shift it in myself. Here's how I try to create the conditions that will shift it in others. And... I feel like that's a really positive direction. Yeah, that there it is. is there, it is, for There sure. is an awareness among, you know, maybe fewer men of our age and era, but many more men mm-hmm. of the, of in you know, the millennials and the Generation yeah. X folks yeah. who are saying, you know what, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. And I... I don't want to tolerate this. And I'm going to figure, I'm going to use my cleverness... Many of these folks are very smart, very clever, of course, to find a way to make this shift. And so more and more conferences are starting to have uh, anti-harassment policies and very explicit, you know, this kind of behavior will not be tolerated here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, trolling is still a problem on, um, and even like evil to- trolling, bullying kind of things is still a problem for blog posts and stuff, mm-hmm. but I think, you know, more and more um, we're able to block that or, you know, it's it's not fixed. It's a long way from being fixed. But I do see some hopeful yeah. moves yeah. in that direction. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
So it's, um, yeah. And I thought the marked woman thing, I mean, that is another one of those instances, the Deborah Tannen article um, is another one of those instances that helps, I think, give power back to women. Just like my conversation about, oh, women really do this around a meeting table? That you know, It felt like it gave power back to me to be able to see my own behavior and where I was contributing to it and how I could pretty easily shift my own behavior and get a different result. And, and I, in some <clears throat> ways, I think that's what... Sh- I mean, Sheryl Sandberg, Sandberg has taken a lot of um, heat. heat for what she wrote. And, you know, and, and I, some of it is probably deserved, and some of it I think not so much, because I do think she was pointing out, yes, n- n- absolutely it would be great if men were more active in helping women become full and equal partners at work. While that's still not the case, women taking back some of their own power, finding the ways to do that and to interact in ways that are different but not necessarily mimicking men, mm-hmm. ways that are still authentic for us, you know, any individual one of us as a woman, um, that's, that's a lot about awareness and a lot about sharing, you know, ways in which we can effectively shift. Right, right. And, um, you know, I think that um, certainly one of the things that's, that's changed kind of in a macro sort of way is that I, I don't think women need or or behave anymore so apologetically mm-hmm. for wanting to lead in a more collegial, um, um, uh, participative way. And lots and lots of men, I think, are very happy that the yeah. leadership paradigm is shifting more in that direction. Um, right. And that the old, you know, um, I'm the leader, I have to know all the answers sort of thing is, is dying. It's not dead, but it's right. dying. And so I think in that sense, you know, um, women are, are helping to shift the, um, the, the whole sort of corporate body to a, a healthier way of being. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. I hope that's what, yeah. you know, for all of our listeners, I, I hope that's what you're seeing too. Um, I really hope that you are... Um, participating in the shift and um, are, are beginning to see some traction happen and as a reward for your participation. And, I, and we would really like to hear, you know, what kinds of, from, from men and women, what kinds of things are you doing that are helping these kinds of more subtle, subtle gender equity and equality um, shifts occur so we hope to hear from you thanks for listening please leave your comments on our blog or email us info at futureworksconsulting.com or find us on twitter at future wks this has been episode nine of season five of partnerships and possibilities thanks for listening